Welcome to the Inclusive Education Project. I'm Vicki Brett. I'm Amanda Salohi. We're two civil rights lawyers on a mission to change the conversation about education, civil rights, and modern activism. Each week, we're going to explore new topics which are going to educate and empower others and give them a platform to enact change in education and level the playing field. Welcome back. Some of you had spring break. Some of you, oh yeah, the high friends, I forgot. I'm glad that you (laughs) slid that in there. Some people have had spring break. I feel like there might be some that will have it soon. I don't know. Spring break's always so weird. Well, it's so weird, especially like this year, because I always associate spring break with Easter because growing up, spring break was either right before Easter or right after Easter. And this year, Easter's so late that I think a lot of schools did it early. I don't know. I feel like every year it just is weird. And I feel like some had it like super early, like three weeks ago. Yeah, like, yeah, because like really early yeah, March. It is in March. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. now know, we're in really. April. Yeah, we're definitely because I guess if you started in August, like that's true too. Yeah, yeah. We're in the first week of April. One of the reasons why we wanted to have this recording, the solo recording, is to talk about something that a lot of people will be going through, which is that transition IEP, and we're gonna break it down with that transition from maybe preschool to kindergarten and then Mm -hmm. elementary to junior high and then junior high to high school. We could do a whole podcast on transition from high school to the just a plethora of different options. So we'll, we'll save that one for a whole whole other podcast, but because we are coming in April and some people are out in May, we wanted to be sure that whatever tips and tricks we talk about now, and if you felt like your team isn't giving you one of these IEP meetings, which they should, um, you still have plenty of time time to ask. Mm -hmm. So When we talk about these transitions, so the first one that sometimes we'll get clients like right at the beginning, right? Their kiddo is in preschool and they're going to be transitioning to kindergarten. So they've had their IEP since maybe three and we want to have an IEP meeting at the end of the year to talk about what kindergarten will look like. So preschool, Mm -hmm. we're focused on kind of pre-vocational, right? Pre-academic goals, you know, that's where you see kind of the sitting and, you know, these ones that are just like, okay, well, I mean, it should be fluid anyway. (laughs) Let's not have those goals. Yeah, and I think a lot of kids who have IEPs from three to five, they're not all in an educational setting, or they mm-hmm. might not be in it within the school, right? Yeah. Because you can have an IEP at three, and it's just for speech, OT, some of these related services. It's not an actual classroom environment. Mm-hmm. So often, what gets left out at this transition is that academic piece, right? Yep. If you're not already in an educational environment, it's just thought oh, well, you know, eligibility was for speech and language. We're going to continue with speech and language goals. This child has not been in an educational setting, so we're not creating goals yet. And Mm -hmm. one thing about a transition IEP is that the IEP team should be anticipating, right? Because Mm -hmm. an IEP is always meant for the year ahead, an entire year. We are planning for progress for that entire year. So we should be anticipating what is going to occur in the following year. So If the student has not been in an educational setting or is going into a new educational setting, so kindergarten is different, going into middle school is different, going into high school is different, we need to be anticipating that new environment. And 
What often happens when we have IEPs in the annual IEPs in the middle of the school year, say December, November, mm-hmm. even February, March, a lot of times those annual goals, services, everything is designed looking at the current placement, looking at the yep. current program. And we all know that that's not how IEPs are supposed to be dealt with, right? We, right. we create goals and the goals drive services and placement. Mm-hmm. But what should happen is we should be looking towards the next school year. And it's okay if your annual IEP was in November and we created annual goals right. based on fifth grade. But if that happened, you know, even if that didn't happen, we need a transition IEP at the end of the school year to talk about how these goals and services and placement, everything needs to change for the upcoming school year. So it is possible to have in your service grid, two different sections, right. one right. that talks about the rest of this school year yep. and the other yep. talks about because things are different. Right. And I think that when we're looking at those, you know, IEP meetings that are in September, October, what will typically happen is for the most part, you know, data will be taken for those. But if we're having IEPs where a majority of the year is going to, the goals are going to be worked on in middle school versus elementary school, and I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but it is applicable to preschool and kindergarten, you want to make sure that at that IEP meeting, you have somebody from the kindergarten. So if you're looking at general education kindergarten, it may not be the teacher that your child ends up with, and that's okay. But at least you're having, you know, if the child is going to go into a gen ed kindergarten or a special day kindergarten, have one of the, rep- you know, the teachers. Typically, we'll see, you know, a principal or, or at least somebody. Not typically. That's when we ask. Most of the time when people have these uh, IEP meetings, nobody from the new school is there. And it's like, how right. are we well, having this meeting when, you know, you don't understand yeah. what that program, that's a right. completely different program. Right. And I think where this problem lies is that a lot of teams don't even understand the difference between a transition IEP and just a typical IEP. Right. Yeah. Under the law, a transition IEP is a certain type of IEP. So most schools and most parents know about the annual IEP and the addendum IEP, right? The annual yep. IEP is the one that happens every year. We're revising goals, services, all of it. The addendum IEP can happen anytime throughout that year to check in on progress, any changes, whatnot. But more often than not, the IEP that's missed is this transition IEP. So backing up a little bit, what is a transition IEP? Mm-hmm. A transition IEP is, and it can happen in two different times and should happen both times, both yep. transition before the transition, right? So the meeting should occur yep. before the transition happens. And this isn't just elementary school to middle school, middle school to high school, pre-K to kindergarten. It also can be if we're changing from a different setting or different school. So Mm -hmm. going from a public school to a non-public school or a non-public school to an RTC, the transition meeting means that we're transitioning from one setting to another and we need to prep for that transition. We need to not only discuss what that program is going to look like and how different it is and how the IEP needs to change to reflect that, but also what skills may be necessary in this new setting for that child. Like Vicki mentioned earlier, in pre-K and preschool, we're doing a lot of the learning to learn skills Mm -hmm. versus kindergarten, we're actually starting to learn. Mm -hmm. So what skills that are pre-learning, learning to learn that student hasn't developed that needs to develop going into kindergarten, mm-hmm. you know, and also looking at how can we transition this student successfully? What are the accommodations that 
may not be something that we do throughout the year, but it's an accommodation that's necessary for the transition, mm-hmm. such as and this would be included in your transition plan, looking at, you know, having the child take a tour, meeting the teacher ahead of time, maybe getting a schedule of their daily schedule ahead of well, time. Well, just maybe even whatever the classroom setup, right, is completely different right. from preschool to kindergarten. And like, that's where our focus is right now, right? Like, that could look completely different. Preschool, it's kind of set up more like play friendly right Right. and maybe the kindergarten teacher has stations like that tour or meeting the teacher beforehand and you'll know you know they'll probably you know you talk about it hey can somebody contact me over the summer and can I know even if it's a couple days before that is always you know something that will help the child especially if the child one of their unique needs is like not transitioning well (laughs) like this is applicable for all kiddos on an IEP and it's you know not only best practice but is what needs to happen but it oftentimes doesn't and it's just like we're just gonna pick up 30 days and then most people don't have an IEP meeting you know you don't have an annual within the first 30 days and and I hear both ways with parents it's just like oh I hate having it like right at the beginning of the year because like so much happens or you know oh I I, you know I can't wait that long and that's what most parents say like I I can't wait that long and if you're having these meetings now and it's just like you know we do want a good 30 days so the teacher can kind of get to know the child but I've had parents where you know it gets kicked down the line and so that's why we have these meetings to set that that up ask ask for a transition IEP in the new school year or the new program and they're like what are you talking about you want an addendum and under the law the IDEA says that when we're changing programs a transition IEP 30 days after the transition to the program is also required so in reality, when we talk about transition IEPs, we're talking about bookend IEPs, right? We're talking about a transition IEP at the end of one school year or before the transition, and we're looking at another one at the beginning of the school year or after the transition. And another one reason to, to have that and the other exactly to plan and to add. Maybe we do need right. certain services for the first thirty days. We're going to need a one-to-one aid. Because the child, now I'm getting into like middle school, high school stuff, but like, but it's not just to plan, but it's also because, you know, you're sitting here like, that's so many IEPs. Like, why are we having so many IEPs? Well, because needs change. And when you have a big transition, you don't know how a child is going to react to that transition. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. you don't know until they're in it. So, as much as like what we're going to talk about today is how do we plan best for this transition, but anything can happen and also remember that we have the summer in between Mm -hmm. and so life happens in between and kids grow up and especially in this some have some have extended school year some have extended school year and some don't some don't you know Mm -hmm. three months off of school can make big changes sometimes life happens for families so what may have been a situation I'll talk about a situation I had a transition from middle school to high school and unfortunately this was during the pandemic so that made things even worse but I had a student who was doing so successfully with managing behaviors and we were fading the aid, but it was middle school and we were fading the aid towards the end of the school year. And the hope was that when we get into the fall, we don't have to have the aid. We hope to have the aid faded by the end of the school year. And so we hoped that everything would continue great, but high school came, it was in a pandemic and unfortunately things went haywire when the school year started. So we had a situation where we planned and we planned and we planned based on what was happening in that school year and in that setting. But the new school year came and the pandemic had happened. Things got worse over the summer because everyone hoped 
that things were going to go back to normal in the fall and they didn't. And so then we're faced with high school in a virtual setting. We're faced with a lot of different changes. And so now things were different. If we had waited until that annual IEP, which wasn't until November, that wouldn't have been successful. So we needed that IEP, that 30 days into the school year to say, you know what, the plan that we made as well-intentioned as it was, it's not working. We need to change. And what's nice is if you get to FaceTime with the principal, system, any admin like that's from the elementary school, it's nice because... Everybody knows, or at, at that point, you and one person on the team knows, hey, this is probably just a check-in, right? You know, it's not this like, oh my God, new parent, we don't know what they're expecting, blah, blah, blah. And so it's nice to have that already discussed, and then you're in line, and you get your IEP. And it could be, yeah. I mean, we've had transition of that 30-day kind of IEP meeting as quick as like a half hour. You yeah, know? if and everything's going well. Yeah, if everything's going well, you just check in. That's probably sometimes the first time the parent really gets some FaceTime with the teacher. The teacher's kind of getting a feel for the child hey is there anything going on sometimes at that point we're talking about maybe their triennials around the corner and so then it's a good time to talk about like hey mom is there anything new that's happening that you know we're gonna get it together it's really great to have those IEP meetings and you know so building off of you know from preschool to kinder and then either from fifth grade into a middle school that's sixth seventh eighth or going all the way to sixth grade and then going from sixth grade into seventh grade and that transition, we really, and Amanda had already mentioned this, you know, the focus is not just on the goals, but also the services. Because when we get to middle school, elective, one, you're like transitioning classes if you're in a gen ed setting. Yeah, I mean, that's Um, the biggest probably transition we have, the elementary school to middle school, because we're going from one class to multiple classes. So you may not necessarily get seven teachers at that IEP meeting in the previous school year, right? In your sixth grade year, you don't know who the teachers are going to be. That's fine. But at least you're going to have an administrator who understands the program. I cannot tell you how many times we've been in elementary school IEP meetings and they create these goals and you get into the new school year and they're like, we would never write a goal this way. Or like we, like Amanda, you had said off record or off record, off recording. They don't even have recess. Like why is this goal still there? Right. And The problem with not having that IEP when we start the school year is that I've had literally IEPs that are annuals in December, January, February even, where there's been no IEPs up until that point because maybe I wasn't involved yet. Yeah. And we had a transition. And we get to the annual and they say, well, this goal wasn't met as written. And what do they mean by that? They Mm. mean that the goal was written by the elementary school team Mm. and it was not written in a way that was either able to be worked on in right. a middle school setting right. or was written in a way that was confusing mm-hmm. or was written in a way that was ambiguous or vague. Mm-hmm. And so the team didn't really know what they were doing in terms of measuring progress. And so we get a progress report that is so inconsistent with what we thought we were going to get. Yeah. And if we had had now the first step is to have a successful transition IEP before the school year starts. Totally. But let's say you didn't have that. By having the second one, the one when the school year starts, we're able to have right away the team say, look, we know the school was written in this way. It doesn't really work for our team or we're not really sure how it was written. Mm -hmm. We're not really sure what these terms mean because we have a different definition for behavior Mm -hmm. or aggression, right, Mm -hmm. than the elementary school team Mm -hmm. had. So it gives the opportunity to make those changes. But the hope with this 
episode is that you go into the end of the school year with right. an IEP that is meant for the new program. Right. So when we talk about that, that means that when you request your transition IEP right now, mm-hmm. that happened, that mm-hmm. needs to happen before the end of the school mm-hmm. year, you need to ask that not only your current team is there, but a team from the new school, the new program is there. And like Vicki said, it doesn't need yeah. to be all the teachers. But and like you should shouldn't have to say this, but you should say this right. so that we can guarantee that that happens. Because we're also talking about accommodations and other aids and supports, right? right? So if you have an accommodation that worked really well in elementary school, you know, extended time. In elementary school, extended time, that district or that particular school may just have a three-day max, like whatever. Like I've had IEP teams be like oh well it's three day max and it's just like well this kid gets a week so it needs to be a week or whatever right Right. and like just even something as simple as that like what does that mean because that accommodation extended time you know it seems pretty and some of those accommodations are so vague anyway you want to be sure to you know if there's a particular way that you need to provide a redirect for the child is it verbal is it not is it um are you using certain language yes do you have a very specific thing yes. on the child's desk for their daily yes. schedule that mm-hmm. really works mm-hmm. well? Mm-hmm. And is it something that, okay, we go from elementary school to middle school. Yep. We have one desk. Now we have maybe seven desks. So, yeah. Is this age appropriate anymore? Right, right. That's a discussion mm-hmm. that needs to occur. Is there a different way that we can go about it? Yeah. A lot of, say, for example, a lot of middle schoolers now have the planners, right? And yes. It's, Typical for all students to have the planner. So maybe right. instead of that daily schedule that's on there, maybe that schedule then gets transferred onto the planner and the teacher's job, each teacher mm-hmm. is supposed to look at it and right. remind the student. So there's different ways to go about it, of course, yeah. but it's important that your current program talks about what's happening now right. and that the new program talks about whether or not that's feasible in that environment, yep. right? Do we yep. have recess or not? And also maybe there's a different way that they go about it. And mm-hmm. just the mere fact that elementary tools teams are and they're experienced in elementary school, totally. not middle school. Same as middle school is not trained on elementary school. So mm-hmm. just the idea of what they're going to face in middle school yes. or what are some problems that occur for a lot of students, right? A middle right. school team is better able to make recommendations and make accommodations. I've had successful transition IEPs where I have a teacher and an administrator from the middle school who's been able to go through every single aspect Mm -hmm. of the IEP and hopefully they would do it ahead of time, right? And then they come to the IEP and they say, look, these are the things that we, I see these recommendations. Here's how we do it in middle school. So let's just tweak this language. We can absolutely do it. But then other times there's a lot of vagueness, like Vicky said. Mm -hmm. And so we need to clarify, right? Because- Unfortunately, on day one of the new school year, that IEP team may be seeing the IEP for the mm-hmm. first time. Mm-hmm. They may have only had one or two days of prep before the school year started. Mm-hmm. They don't have time to contact the old school and say, yeah. I'm reading this accommodation, but I don't really, I can't visualize what this looks like. Right? And, so and we've, we've this- had several teachers, sorry to interrupt, but we've had several teachers past teachers that were clients or just otherwise that tell us that like they may, maybe get a screenshot of what and they get 30 of them because they have 200 kids and like so one of the things that I just wanted to mention more important I think for the elementary to middle school and then middle school to high school but totally applicable from kinder to preschool to kinder is I always tell the parent 
to write an email now, right? Just like, you know, letter back in the day or just, and provide a copy of your child's IEP. And I think it's important from elementary school to middle school for the parent to do it. But from middle school to high school, I think it's something your child can practice. And you know your child best, but that's a form of self-advocacy that you're trying to teach. And it just depends. It just depends on your child's unique needs. But I can't tell you that I had a a parent do that this last year for the beginning of this school year. And all the teachers responded to her and were like, thank you so much for providing this. Like, I knew exactly what he needed right from the get-go. Because as much as we just hope and pray that, you know, they're going to know that this kiddo needs to be here. There's a lot that happens that first day. And it may not be implemented the first day. But if you want to try to ensure that it is... Send that just cute little yeah. note and just be like, hey, I just want to introduce you to my child. And sometimes it's nice. I've had, yeah, I've had clients that write like a very brief summary on the child, like yep. who they are, yep. what their preferences are, yep. like they love trains mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever it may be, or they're really into math because that can really help with the bonding, the rapport between the yep. teacher and the student, right? If they already know a little bit. And also that background too, because, and it's especially important for kids who are in general education classes yes. because that general education teacher may be given a list of accommodations, yeah. but they're certainly not given the assessments. So when it comes to your child's disability and their background, their story, who they are, mm-hmm. they may not be getting a clear picture what of that. What are quick triggers? What are quick, like, you know, de-escalation right. things? Like, maybe right. you don't, you know, point out X, Y, and Z, you know, like, or you put them on the spot. And I think that it's super helpful. And, you know, you have so many different teachers. So, you know... Right from the elective to the core. And just this kind of applies when we're talking about middle school, this transition, and then middle school to high school. One other thing that we wanted to talk about, because we did want to make this episode just quick so that you guys could have the tools and like go and ask for those IEPs. But, you know, having that person from the middle school that knows the program is they are they recommending RSP for your child, but that's going to be in the form of a directed studies class. Does that directed studies class take the place of an elective? When can we have a new elective? Some schools are in like a quarter system and they have like a wheel. And so it's like quarter one, you could be in study skills and we see how it goes. And then quarter two, you can go into, you know, art or something like that. Because everybody's starting again at that point. But at that point, you need to already make a decision as to what elective, just in case. Well, and even before that, I see a lot of schools that do um, days for fifth graders and for eighth graders where Ah. they go to the new school. And this is for everyone, not just the MIT. And they take a tour of the campus Mm -hmm. and they learn about the electives. And what happens is these Mm -hmm. students are told, these are all your elective options. You know, let's even take a tour of these classrooms. And the kids get really excited. And so if you don't have this IEP at the end of the school year to really talk about how the services are going to translate to middle school or to high school, we might have a problem because in elementary school, maybe a child is in general education and they have RSP pull out for 60 minutes a day. And so if we don't talk about what that's going to look like, that student and that parent is going to assume Mm -hmm. that's going to happen sometime in the day. Right. This kid is still going to get the elective. Maybe they even chose an elective. Right. But then... Day one happens, and they're put in study skills mm-hmm. for their class, and they no longer have an elective. Now, we can talk, I have a whole episode about what the appropriateness of study skills classes are, but 
at first glance, that seems punitive for a student with an IEP to not give an elective, and that is discriminatory on its surface. So it's important for you guys to have a discussion with the team about what that SAI, the Specialized Academic Instruction, is going to look like and weigh the pros and cons. You know, maybe there's a way, and this is where the middle school team or the high school team comes in, right? Because the elementary school, middle school team doesn't know what the other school Mm -hmm. offers. So they think RSP study skills is the only option, but maybe they have collaborative classes. Maybe they can do push-in. And so Mm -hmm. we don't have to take away the study skills. So it's going to be unique to your situation. It's going to be unique to the child's needs, especially the transition, but it's an important conversation to have. And you can't have that if you don't have an IEP meeting. And if you don't have that meeting with both teams, you can't really have, we're, we're talking a lot of hypotheticals. We're right. talking, we have an elementary school team that says, usually this is what happens. Well, Let's not talk about the usually. Let's talk about what actually is going to happen this next school year. Yeah, because even when you have somebody that is from the middle school to elementary, and we're talking about a change of placement, we're talking about a special day class instead of the gen ed class. I want a teacher from the special day class, and I want to know, because sometimes they go, oh, no, 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 we'll just give you this for now, and then, you know, in high school, you'll get back into gen ed. I've been in IEP meetings where I've asked that teacher, how many of your students go back into general education? And one teacher, bless his heart, was so honest. And he's like, oh, like in the 15 years I've been doing this. And he was like so proud. He was just like, I think like one has like gone back into gen ed. And he was like so happy. And I was like, cool, 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 cool. Um, Did you know that they're like saying that this class is like the class that gets you back into gen ed? Um, So anyway. That was a fun one. But anyway, yeah, so we just kind of wanted to pop in, let you guys know that, you know, it's if you don't have it, it's not the end of the world. We don't want you to stress about it. We, we don't want you to feel like there's one other thing that you have to do. It's just that it should happen. And much like Amanda and I have jobs because a lot of things that should happen don't, this may be one of those instances where we want to give yeah. you a heads up. We want you to have those meetings so that if you need to discuss and and that also just helps so that things just don't start like day one and you're already like in a tussle right like with the school or they're not understanding or your child needed x y and z and you were told by the elementary school teacher that of course like we're gonna tell the new team like da 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 and it's just like you know what sometimes things happen and that email isn't so you want to leave it up to them over the summer let's find a way to connect the dots Totally. And the same goes for that IEP at the beginning of the school year. Yep. Don't count on them to offer it to you. You need to ask for it. Absolutely. Um, it's especially important in this middle school, high school transition because you have a lot of teachers that may or may not, even if you send them the IEP like we talked about, it, there's no guarantee that they got that email because they've got so many other students. So it's a good way to have everyone come together and say, hey, how are things working? Do yep. we need to clarify what this should look like? Absolutely. Absolutely. So we hope that this episode was helpful. If you have any questions, you know, to just message us. I was going to say slide into our DMs because I I don't know why. Like I just, I was watching an episode about that. Anyway, um, where the the character said (laughs) that. Slide into our DMs on Instagram. No, I know, but that's like super flirtatious. Just (laughs) message us. Obviously our Facebook group is a wonderful resource to a lot of parents and where we don't forget our Q and A's. If you have a question yes. about this, mm-hmm. put it into our next Q and A because there's still going to be time for us to answer it on our Q and A. Absolutely, absolutely. We hope you guys have a great rest of your week, and we will talk to you soon. Bye.